Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, Positively Ernie with Ernie Anastas, a New York TV legend and radio host with great positive stories and interviews. Thanks, Ernie. You're the best. And now, here's Ernie. And welcome back to the show. We're happy to have a very special guest today. What can I say about her? I've known her a long time. I mean, she is everything. She is a celebrity chef. She's a TV host. She's an author, an entrepreneur. She's Lydia Bastianich. I'm so happy you're here. Give me your hands. Oh, Ernie. Oh, my goodness. Nice to see you. You know, this is like family. We've known each other for how many years? I won't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll leave it at that. My goodness. Many years. But you've been in the restaurant business, I mean, you know, like 50, 50 years. 50 years. Congratulations to you. That's great. What an honor that is. I, it says a lot about you. Well, it takes stamina. You know what? I had a good time. It gave me a lot of satisfaction. And now the kids run it. Let them mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, Tanya and Joe do a great job. Thank you. You do so much. I have so many things to talk to you about. Okay, we're going to talk about your restaurants and, and, and your books, and I have one right here. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about, you know, you as a human being. You came to America in 1958. Correct. Uh, from Italy, and you're, you're Italian, it's Slavic, you're, you're kind of, what did you call yourself? A borderline case. A borderline <laughs> case. I love that. But you really have, you know, so much. And you came here to the United States went to New Jersey, and then ended up in Astoria. I mean, a Greek town. Yeah, yeah, part, right? yeah. I want to hear about, you were working for Christopher Walken's family bakery. Absolutely. Tell me about that. Uh, it was great. You know, I came, I was 12 years old, started school, but about 14, you know, being an immigrant, uh, money always, you know, you wanted to help the family. Sure. So I went to look for a weekend job after school, and I was only 14. Wow. I lied. I told them I was 16. I was always <laughs> a big girl. And uh, uh, Paul Walken, who was the father, mm-hmm. uh, had this German bakery right on Broadway and 30th Street. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it is. right there. Sure. We lived across the street. Mm. And uh, he hired me. He hired me Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. I and worked. what were you doing? Well, I began with folding the boxes, yeah. uh, sort of uh, uh, packaging, bringing out the cake. And then ultimately, I ended up uh, being a sales girl. Mm-hmm. But I always gravitated towards the back with the bakers. I loved you to You love going in the bakery? Yes. Sir. Working with the workers? Absolutely. Well, that wasn't your first interest in food, though. You had an interest in food long before that, even before you were 14. It, it somehow, it seemed that, yeah, I was sort of, you know, way back. Now, you know, I was born in Istria, which is part of Croatia yeah. now. And that was Italy after World War II. Italy lost uh, the war. And mm. that part was given to communist Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. So we were under communism for yes. my first the first years of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, very close to grandma. You know, she did all the food for the family. Mm-hmm. And I kind of helped her, a little runner. We had chickens, we had ducks, we had uh, goats. We would milk, oh, I would milk the great. goats, the the sort of the garden, mm-hmm. you know, harvest and help her cook. Wow. And so I began with food on a very rudimentary level. Oh, well, on, that's great. Yeah. And uh, it remained in me, all those beautiful flavors, fresh, the seasonality of the flavors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 
uh, my parents sort of didn't want to continue to raise us in that circumstance, sure. we escaped back into Italy. Mm. And in Italy, uh, being refugees, uh, we ended up in a refugee camp. For two years, we mm -hmm. stayed in a refugee camp in, in Italy. And uh, I was put in a nun's school. And where do I think, where do you think I ended up in the kitchen? <laughs> so of course. To, to, to help to supplement my schooling, wow. I would help the nuns peel the potatoes, the apples, and whatever. How and great. so on, my story goes of life around food. Lydia, I, let me ask you something, because, you know, um, I, I can speak for myself and other people. When you start with something early, I started at 13 years old. I was down in the basement playing radio. I had a little radio station. To this day, right now, you and me, together, I'm still downstairs. I'm 13 years old. There you go. Do you feel the same way? Do you talk of, think about your grandmother and all these early experiences? They all stay with you. You are sort of, as you grow in whatever industry you, you, or you're passionate about, mm. those first sort of uh, installation of those flavors for me, of yeah. the smells, they stay with me. Mm. I always, when I cook, I, it comes to my memory. Oh, that's the flavor. That's what I want See? to do. It, it's there. It's there, Ernie. And so th that's the connection. See, I think that that's very important for a lot of young people who are listening to us right now, who are inspired and saying, this is Lydia Bastianich. I'd like to be like her. Um, I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because we were talking before we came into the studio and you said, when you're doing something good for people and, and they recognize it, it makes you want to do even more. Talk about that a little bit. You know, 50 years in restaurants, 25 years on public television, uh, 16 books. It's a question of evolving, developing yourself, yes. being passionate about it, get that satisfaction, you know, because cooking for me and feeding people mm -hmm. is very gratifying. Mm. And then to be recognized for that and acknowledged for that, and then to be given a platform like PBS, like the books, to continue to reach out to the people, you know, I turn around and says, is that me? Do they want to hear it from me? But I guess they do, and <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes, they do. They do. I mean, and I'm sure that you hear from, from people of all ages, but particularly a lot of young people who are inspired by what you do, because food is a big business. Cooking yeah. is a huge... I mean, the books that you've written, this is, this is your latest one, Lydia's From Our Family Table to Yours. Right. Uh, how many books... Have you written? 16. 16, 16 books. 15 cookbooks, and one of them is my biography, which I think oh, you read. Oh, of course, The American yeah. Dream, right? My American my Dream. My American Dream. I mean, that was a fabulous book, by the way. We'll, we'll get back to your cookbooks in a minute. But I want to talk about that. The title of that book is My American Dream, A Life of Love, Family, and Food. Why did you write it? Well, you know, again, you're out there and people are connecting with you. They want to know more and more about you. And, you know, I always felt, okay, I am a chef. I cook. I'll teach them how to cook. But what, what was out there is they wanted to know more. Mm. And I says, well, I should tell them my story. I yeah. should, they should know who Lydia really is. And I did because mine is an interesting story, a story of after war, after war situation, uh, migrating, uh, being a refugee, mm -hmm. ultimately given this opportunity sure. to come to America. And, you know, there's no place in the world. No place that, like home here, America. You're no right. place that gives you the opportunity yeah. like America. And I says, I got it tell them all that, how I feel about it. And so this way, they know Lydia and her life story, sure. and then they have the Lydia cooking and recipe story. Right, you got so many multifacets of your, of your life. I want to talk a little bit about America. Okay, you were talking about, you know, this country of opportunity. Uh, we go through a lot of problems. You know, we have our enough 
warts and, and difficulties, uh, and we're trying to figure it out. I want to ask you, you've been here since 58. You've seen a lot of change. What's good about America, aside from the opportunity, and what do we need to do to make it better? Because right now we have a lot of problems. You know, America, let's me, let me begin with America is the greatest place on earth. There's uh, no better amen. place than America. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I see in America is, you know, what I saw and I was amazed. You come to America and, you know, in Europe, you're Italian, you speak Italian, but in America, mm. There were so many different ethnicities, oh, sure. and they were all allowed to be who they are. Mm. As an ethnicity, you're allowed to speak your own language, mm -hmm. you're allowed to sing your own song, you are allowed to have your own communities, cook your food, and then this patchwork of different ethnicity yes. makes this greater whole, which mm. is America. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the strength of America, and we need to continue on that and respect. But, you know, what I think is missing a little bit? Go ahead. Uh, civility. Oh, that's my favorite subject. Civility. Oh, yes. What's happened to it? I don't know. You know, the respect uh, that, uh, you know, I think that maybe as a, sometimes the young and whatever, too mm. focused on our own gain and our own setting. We are... Yes, we mm -hmm. need to work on ourselves and mm -hmm. our family, mm -hmm. but we are also part of a bigger whole. I agree. And with unless that. this bigger whole is wonderful and continues mm -hmm. to flourish, mm -hmm. we will all have problems. So let's respect America. Let's respect each other. That's right. Let's respect the different ethnicity, religious or whatever, and let's live all together happy. Because in America... This is the way we need to do it. Exactly. You know what? You're singing my song, Lydia, because I, I totally agree with you. And I think that, you know, uh, patriotism, uh, you know, is feeling that you belong to a country and you don't necessarily think about your own interests. You think about what's good for our country, mm -hmm. what's good for our society. We've got to get back to that, Lydia. We have to start some campaigns where people begin to think more about respect one another. Exactly. I think, you know, there's so much hatred and violence, and you don't have oh. to even watch the news. People just talk about it. Oh and it's depressing, and it gets people down. So this program, Positively Ernie, tries to lift the spirits. I am a big fan of finding solutions to problems. You know, so many years I went on the air and said good evening and then told people why it wasn't because all of the bad news. But now it's the opportunity to be able to say, okay, if we have an issue, if we have a problem, let's find an answer. Let's find a solution. How do you feel about that? Absolutely positive. Let's work all together to go there. And, you know, you do your part. And if everybody can do their part in whatever field they're in, mm. then maybe we will reach someplace. You know, another thing, Ernie, that I think is really, really important is education of our young people. Oh, sure. I think that education is the solution to a lot of these problems that we have. So mm. let's make sure that the youngsters that come here, that are here, have the proper education. And then from then on, we'll work with them because... They'll be more civilized, more intelligent oh, yeah. individuals. Yes. And they will handle America. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno.
Well, you know what? I love what you're saying. And, and no, you have two beautiful children, Tanya and Joe. And you know what it's like to be a parent. You know what it's like to be a mother. And how important it is to be able to have that opportunity to shape that child from a very early age. So home is very important. But education in the schools, because they spend a lot of time there, we need to be able to focus more on what we teach our kids in school. As they learn civility and respect and honesty, it makes for a better society. And that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? Absolutely. We all want to live in peace. I mean, look at the situation. Look at the world. My mother was a teacher, Mm. and she always said that there's three things that form a child. Okay. It is the home, it is school, and it is the street. Ah. So, you know, going Mm. out there and living, coexisting with other people Mm -hmm. also gives you a sense of direction. So sure. let's make that street safe and good and Safe positive. and good. You're absolutely right. And and, and travel, uh, you know, whether it's in our own country or other parts of the world, I think that's very important for a lot of young kids because they learn diversity. They yeah. learn about other cultures. They learn about history. And they learn to grow. I love quotations. And uh, there's one that, that goes like this. Children don't know, so they want to learn. Adults think they know, and they don't want to learn. <laughs> Yes, I, I can relate to that. Right? Absolutely. Because you reach a point and say, oh, I, I, I can't. You have to keep growing, Lydia. Absolutely. You have to keep expanding. You know, Ernie, you said, you know, I'm on the border. I was born on the border. Yes. <clears throat> and I always uh, hold that as a great privilege because being on the border, now I, we were Italian, of, but there was the uh, Yugoslavian then, or Croatian, sure. or Slavic. Mm-hmm. There was the Austrian-Hungarian, so there was the German. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of grown almost understanding and speaking three languages, Mm. different cultures. We lived together. We ate each other's food. And there was an understanding. You know, we coexisted on that border. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so traveling, like you said, is so important. It is. Get to know other cultures. Get to know what's important. And Ernie, there's no better way to get to know another culture than to sit at the table and eat their food with them. Well, you know, now now you bring up another subject, okay, and that is the family unit. Trying to keep our families together. There are so many outside influences out there. We we know what it is. Uh, Social media is a positive and a minus. Uh, A lot of, you know, reality television, a lot of media, you know, has a positive side to it. I, I will say that. But there's also a negative side that we have to watch for, how it impacts our families and our children. Okay, you would be the, the first one to talk about family sitting at the table. Why is that so important? How can we get back to that? Well, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I respond to with my books, with the television, and even here discussing, talking sure. to you, is that you reach out and you sense. I sense that need out there from my watcher, from my viewers, the need to get back to the table, the mm. need to get together. I think, you know, industry and big industry and uh, evolution and all of that sort of scattered us a little mm-hmm. bit. But there's nothing more firmer, more stronger, yeah. more time. Yes. Gives the kids more sort of sense of belonging than a family. Mm-hmm. Because in a family, yes, you can argue. Yes, you can scream. Yeah. Yes, you can do that. But the family always has your back. Oh, yeah. There's always that security. Mm-hmm. And transgenerational, you know, mm-hmm. second, third generation. One of the things, uh, Ernie, that kind of bothers me is mm-hmm. the way grandparents are put aside. 
And, mm. you know, we only look ahead. But mm -hmm. there's such a source oh, sure. of love, stability. Absolutely. So sticking with the family, yeah. getting together at the table. And yeah. when you eat, mm. you take in. You take in nourishment right. as far as food, but mm -hmm. you also take in the discussion, mm -hmm. the sentiments, the affection that happens yeah. at the table. It's an open forum, you know. You're right about that. Uh, going back to grandparents, um, when I grew up, uh, back in New Hampshire, my grandfather was a Greek Orthodox priest, so he and my grandmother lived at home with us. And I always remember the meals, particularly on Sunday. Well, we would all gather, of course, but most of the time. And, and I think you're right about that. It's the center. That table is the center. Now, you know, we had a little bit of that during COVID. I know it was a bad time for everybody, uh, and it was a serious time. But you know what? A lot of families were forced to stay home. And that's where a lot of them renewed that feeling and the value and purpose of having a meal together at home. It made a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. They understood the value of it and they want ever more. And I think that's why I feel ever more this energy. I want to cook. I want to know. I want to make, you know, make something for the family, feed them. Because when you cook, when you give somebody food, you want their well-being. You mm -hmm. want to nurture them. Mm -hmm. So it's all positive. And... Uh, Ever more. They want to cook at home. Absolutely. That's great. So that's become even more popular, right? People are taking classes, you know, learning how to cook at home. Absolutely. Look at all the t television show, cooking, yeah. cooking right. shows. Now, some of them are valid. Some of them are fun. Some of them are whatever. But people are interested in exactly. food. So let me ask you this. How do you, how do you stay fresh uh, in terms of, you know, uh, here's this latest book, okay? But there are so many recipes in here, so many wonderful recipes. And I love the pictures, by the way, because that really Thank makes you. you hungry when you see them. Thank my you. My God, what is this here? Lobster. Oh, spaghetti my. with the lobster. Sauce. Oh, my God. Spaghetti <laughs> with lobster. Look at this. Is that amazing? And it's easy to make. And it's easy to Literally make. See, many easy. times people look at a picture like this and they say, I don't think I can do that. It looks too complicated. Absolutely. Tell us why it's easy. Because it's easy. The ingredients. There are not too many ingredients. Choosing the right ingredients and a simple technique. And, you know, Italian cuisine is rather simple at its approach. And what I do, even though I'm a chef, you know, restaurant for yeah. over 50 years, I make it simple. I break it down to the basics. And if you have good ingredients, simple execution, you will get a good dish. So uh, if I wanted to really cook, I mean, I, I dabble a little bit, right? But if I really wanted to try one of these recipes, I would just have to follow the instructions. Go home, take yeah. that recipe, lobster right. and spaghetti. Okay. And I'm uh, try that. get buy the ingredients, good ones, and cook. And send me an email. Tell I me will. How, I'll tell you how, how it I'll, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'll see everybody at the table how happy they are. Okay. You know, uh, quality of food. Uh, we hear a lot about organic, you know, different types of food, uh, farm to table. Why is that so important, Lydia? Well, we get back to the sources because yeah. in the industry of food also, everything evolves so fast. So fast, big industry kind of, uh, you know, produce food at a, such a pace. And of course, they need all those uh, super nutrients, chemicals or whatever. Mm -hmm. The nutritional value of our food really right. diminishes because if you put uh, uh, herbicides and whatever, that's poison. Mm -hmm. So they're reverting to organic. In a sense, organic is a word, but growing naturally. Mm. What the earth has to mm -hmm. offer, uh, seasonality, uh, uh, being 
close in proximity. Sure. If you have to travel, do we have to have raspberry in December from Peru? Can't we wait for raspberries in mm. summer mm. and enjoy them weather? This is this is the question, you know, yeah. because you know, if you have a fruit that's going to travel yeah. a, a week, it, it needs to be grown differently. Mm -hmm. The cellulose in it needs to be sort of tougher so it doesn't disintegrate sure. and so yeah. on. So it's let's go back to the simplicity what mm -hmm. nature mm. had for us from the beginning, growing right. our food naturally, locally, and seasonally. I like that. All good advice. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions, okay? Sure. Uh, and you could just answer off the top of your head. What makes you smile? <laughs> because I don't know. I think there's a happiness yeah. that uh, triggers. You know, when I'm happy, it triggers, yeah. Yeah. and 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 uh, I communicate that. Yes, and yeah. get you smiling. Yeah. And, so and you on. have a ready smile. <laughs> you know, people are like some people. You know, they have that smile. It's really quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. And other people have to work at it. But you're right. Yours is a very quick smile, and it's contagious. It is. It's it contagious. is. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you smile. What what makes you cry? I, I think what makes me cry is a sensibility deep inside or something that kind of uh, loosens uh, my my uh, kind of uh, mm. awareness. I don't know. Just I, you go back to your soul, the inner mm. soul, and the sentiments guide uh, guide your tear ducts mm. or whatever. It's a way of showing. Uh, it's not really showing. It's automatic as far as I'm concerned in me. It's not that I want to cry. Mm. Just it happens. But there's nothing wrong with crying. I had a very dear friend of mine. Uh, his name was Father John Couture. He ran the Christophers in New York City, mm -hmm. nice Catholic organization, and he became a friend. I interviewed him several times when, when the popes would visit. Uh, we would have him on the set, and he would be giving us a little commentary. But I remember one time I sat with my friend, and he, and he said to me, I said to him, actually, I said, you know what, Father John? I said, I, I can cry easily. And he said, yes. I said, sometimes it bothers me. He said, why? I said, because, you know, I, I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm too sensitive. Uh, you know, if I'm watching maybe a movie or someone tells me a story, if I see a homeless person, I'm, I'm moved to cry. And I said, I, I feel a little uncomfortable because maybe it's, is it a sign of weakness? What is it? He said, no, no, no. He said, I want you to think about the gift of tears. When you are able to cry, you are recognizing your divinity within. Mm. And, you know, you, you have a, a soul that's alive, that cares, that's sensitive. You feel that way. Absolutely. You know, I think crying is absolutely acceptable. Mm. And uh, it tells you about a person, at least to me. Mm. And I think that men especially feel sometimes they shouldn't yeah, you feel cry. like I'm too weak. Yeah. And yet it's a release. It's, a, it's yeah. like a safety valve in a yeah. sense. I think it releases the tension mm. and the emotions come out. And I think it's instead of keeping it inside, yeah. you know, you open it up, yeah. you let it out, yes. and you feel better. I agree. And particularly now, you know, I mean, you know, we, we talk about the past um, and the future uh, and the present. I think people are more open today. They're able to talk about whatever it happens to be, yeah. and I, I really support that. I'm going to ask you another question. If you were to give a newborn baby some advice that that baby would read or look at years later in life, what advice would you give to a newborn? Oh my goodness. Yeah, what advice would That's, you give? You know, That's a tough question. It is, it is. Yeah. I, I think, you know, knowing they're newly born, really get to know your parents, mm. your mother and father, then extend it over kind of almost like a ripple in the water. Get to know those ripples in your life yeah. uh, and really connect to them on an emotional way. And that, I think, 
will give you strength mm-hmm. to take on any new ripples that come in your life. I love what you're talking about. Quickly tell me about the restaurants, okay? I know that Tanya and Joe are doing very well. You got Italy, you got all kinds of things going on. Give us an overview for people who are watching. Well, uh, you know, uh, after um, when COVID came, yeah. uh, uh, I decided because we had to shut all the restaurants, you know that, and then to reopen, uh, it was 50 years for me then, and I said to my children, you know, you guys want to take over? I think I'll, I'll stay with the books, mm-hmm. I'll do the television, I'm here for you, mm-hmm. and they did. They took over. So we have Becco on West 46th Fantastic. Street. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Then Babo, we have on Great. Waverly Street. Great. Lupa mm. on Thompson Street. Then we have Lydia's in Kansas City. And then, of course, the part of Italy. Uh, but also the kids now uh, started a new concept. It's not yeah. a new concept. Yeah. It's a, a, a business. I know you because your children also got into the food yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, L'Antico Vinaio. And it oh, is a sandwich. Yes. I like the way you say that. Yeah, Antico Vinaio. Okay. It's a sandwich it. place that uh, started in Florence. Uh-huh. And it had the lines, this beautiful focaccia, big sandwiches with sandwiches. freshly cut, yeah. with freshly cut mortadella prosciutto. Ooh. with with the uh, vegetable dressings and whatever so the first one that they collaborated on was uh, is on 8th avenue between 46th and 45th street okay and then we they opened one on Sullivan street and then they opened one on 60th wow. street park avenue so this is the new challenge because you know yeah. Youngsters. Well, yeah, uh, they want to eat and go. Yes. But eat good food. Yes. So and they're doing well? They're doing well. Uh, there's lines out the door. Uh, they're opening in uh, Vegas. They're opening in L.A. Good for them. You know. Now tell me something. When I go, right, is there a signature sandwich, something that you'd say, you know what, if you go there, they're all good, but one in particular. <laughs> you know which one I like? Yeah, which one? L'Inferno. 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 Tell me about L'Inferno. <laughs> L'Inferno. Yeah. L'Inferno was great. You know, I like a little spicy thing. Okay. So it has this this kind of uh, um, uh, dressing that is made out of pepperoncino. Mm. And then it has roasted porchetta, the porchetta, the roasted porchetta, and some arugula. And I kind of like that one. I'm going to order that, okay? (laughs) Okay. You know, I wish I had a little wine here for you, because usually (laughs) at the end of your your show, you have a little glass of wine and you toast toast everything. Uh, You have been a delight. I I can't tell you how great you are. I'm sure people who are watching us, listening to us, because this goes to a lot of different platforms. And I'm sure they're saying, you know what? I always knew that Lydia Bastianich was special, but now I know how beautiful and wonderful she is. Well, thank you. Hold my hands. Very close. Very close. Always a pleasure. A pleasure. And, uh, you know, give me a call. I'm available. Congratulations. Okay. Thanks for watching, everybody. And stay positive. See you next time.